Hi, and hello, and welcome again to another episode of First Time Long Time. I'm Nathan Chen, along with my co-hosts. Uh, Roman's here. Oh, Talerski. <laughs> that was a very enthusiastic response out of Talerski. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we're just going to dive right in. We're taking your calls, and... Uh, and we're gonna dive right in, uh, talk about talk about some stuff that's going that's going around in uh, pro sports right now. So uh, I wanted to start with uh, talking about football. The Patriots have finally gone down, leaving one undefeated team in, in the National Football League. And so my my two co-hosts happen to be fans of those teams. So take it away. I've said before, I'm not worried about the Patriots. Who's <clears throat> once on the road in November to a good team is not a problem. Especially when that team is going to have to play them again in Foxborough in January, which is very different. Um, and we all know the Patriots like to peak at the right time. So I, I have no concerns. Uh, Lamar Jackson is not going to run for that many yards ever again against a Patriots defense. I mean, th- that sounds like a nice thing for Patriots fans to say. They're pretty spoiled. Uh, in the past, we've seen we've seen Bill Belichick teams struggle a little bit with mobile QBs. I think it was ve- a lot. It was very similar to uh, Colin Kaepernick in uh, 2012, whenever the uh, 49ers went up to New England and, and uh, kind of whooped their butts that year. Um, in the regular season. In the regular season, yes. But the point remains that they, I, I, Belichick's obviously a genius. They'll find they'll find some answer for Lamar Jackson, but. It's something to keep an eye out for. And looking over to the NFC, the only undefeated team in the NFL, Roman's 49ers. The 49ers continue to impress. Um, you know, last Thursday night, uh, well, the Thursday night game against Arizona had all the makings of a trap game. Um, but the 49ers came out. Jimmy G had his best performance of the year. Um, still the handsomest quarterback in the NFL, now showing that he can at least play NFL football. Um, but... I'm I, I'm I'm I I do not have as much confidence as Tulski has. You know, we had a we had a pretty all right schedule coming in, uh, the first eight games. But these last eight games, we got to go against the Packers, the Saints, the Ravens, Seattle twice, the Rams again. All I'm saying is we're not going to finish this undefeated. That much I can tell you. Um, but I think we got the makings of a good team. You know, trading for Emmanuel Sanders is really big. Giving Jimmy G a reliable target because there's guys that are go through hot and cold spells. That defensive line, obviously, just a monster. Nick Bosa just terrorized the league. I, he, I mean, he's a shoe in for defensive rookie of the year. Um, it, definitely in the conversation for overall defensive player of the year. One thing to watch out for, though, Quan Alexander out for the year with a mm. pectoral, I'm pretty sure, is the injury. Um, we got some guys that can um, fill a spot, like D. Greenlaw, but that's a big part of their defense. Um, having strong guys in the middle, like... Um, like Alexander, like Fred Warner, allows for Buckner, Armstead, Bosa to really go after the quarterback and not worry about anything behind them. So that would be something worth watching. Um, and and it's going to be tough, you know, when you're going to – I think that there's a clear top class of the NFC right now with the Saints, the Packers, the Niners, and the Seahawks kind of po- poking their noses in. Um, but, you know, Drew Brees, been there before. Aaron Rodgers, been there before. Russell Wilson, been there before. Jimmy G and these Niners – I haven't been there before. So I think the NFC is kind of wide open um, for at least a couple of those teams to make a run. Um, but I agree with Solerski in that, you know, there's no doubt that the AFC is going to run through Foxborough. So um, there's going to be a little more 
little more, a little more nerves coming out of my end um, moving forward. I just want to jump in here. I, I don't want to talk about my football team at all, but um, <laughs> but I just want to shout out to John Gruden and the Raiders for running Spider Two Y Banana in a game on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> I saw Roman shared that tweet with me and uh, and it was really funny. And I declared that I might even go to mass. And uh, I am the least religious person I know. I would venture to say that. And oh, looks like we got a caller on the line. Caller, go ahead. Oh, um. I'm Katie. I'm a big fan of the show. First time caller, long time listener. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. What would you want to talk about? I wanted to talk about some women's basketball. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if any of you caught anything from the Ducks Team USA game last night, but the United States uh, women's basketball team has been going on a tour around the country playing some of the best women's uh, college teams, and they got mildly wrecked by the Ducks last night. I mean, it wasn't, it was kind of close. I think it was like 93 to 86. Um, but this is the second time that uh, Team USA has lost to a collegiate basketball team, and the first time since they lost to Tennessee in 1999. So, and like just to give you an idea of how good the United States women's basketball team is we have not lost um, a major game in international competition in a decade. We've won the last three FIBA Women's World Cups, and we've also taken home the last six gold medals at the Olympics. So, like, they're really, really good. Like, they're the best players. Like, they're, they're, the, best in the, they're the best in the sport in the world, and they got taken down by a college team. And, you know, but we got to say, this, this college team is not your normal college team. Um, <laughs> Sabrina and Ionescu um, would be starting on Team USA if she were not in college. Um, and she was really able to lead that team. I think she put up 30 last night. Um, but I think there's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of, the Pac-12 gets talked down a lot. Do they deserve it? Yes. yes. Uh, that's only a football problem. For, football... For sure. <laughs> men's but basketball. Men's basketball, also a little problematic in recent years. Um, <clears throat> but this year, I think the women's NCAA uh, national championship is going to run through the Pac-12. Um, Oregon's obviously shown you what you, they can do. They're in midseason form right here, right now, beating actual pros, <laughs> getting super to tell them how good they've been. Um, but Stanford, Stanford's been putting in work. Uh, they had four um, recruits in the top uh, 50 of last year's rankings. Uh, four starters back from their Elite Eight team. They got the top recruit, Haley Jones, out of Midi, uh, which was my rival high school back in back in the day. Um, and I think, I, honestly, those those are going to be the events of the year. It's going to be seeing those those two teams play because they'll match up twice in the regular season, almost assuredly in the Pac-12 championship, and then, who knows, maybe again in the tournament. Um, and I feel like... There's always a lot of talk about men's college basketball, um, especially here at Georgetown. Um, and a women's team's going to probably take a step back this year. Nathan can talk more on that if he wants. Um, but, you know, the women's teams are a lot of fun. You know, watching highlights from that Oregon game, that was, that was a good game. And um, I, I, think, I think we just got to pay attention, to the, especially these Pac-12 teams this year. Those are some great games. And speaking of Georgetown specifically, they're the the women are locked down defensively. Like they're they're still 
a good, a really good defensive team, and it's really something the men can learn a lesson yeah, from. Yeah, I was going to say, I, wish, I would like to see that in our I, men's team. I would like to see it, especially based on the last last couple of games. I do want to mention, though, that uh, Elena Deladon was not available for the U.S. True. team. And uh, Brittany Griner was out, too. Yeah. And Brianna Stewart's injured. So they definitely weren't playing at their best. A little shorthanded. But it's nothing to, like, turn up your nose at that. Like, mm, for sure, for sure. These, Yeah, these are still some of the finest pros in the game. But, Nathan, why wasn't Elena Deladon able to play? Well... As you may recall, she was actually in the WNBA Finals very recently, and if if you recall, I think she I think she won her oh. Mystics won, yeah, yeah. and uh, and she actually played much of that series with herniated discs in her back, which is like that's really insane. Like, I know. You see, and she played so well. You see NBA players like taking so many days off for load management, and then like. Elena Deladon's like playing out there with herniated discs. Honestly, my ankle's Insane. hurting, and I'm thinking of sitting out. I am soccer tonight. No, so you're not. I'm you're not. No, you're not. Tonight. Um, I was more using that to uh, to highlight <laughs> what Deladon <laughs> did in that, that fi- those finals, um, and really all season. I mean, and with the MVP broken nose, um, and with the bro- she had the mask on. Honestly, mask on. Anyone who wears a mask, automatically. That, that's it. The coolest player on the automatically. Court. Automatically. Yeah. Automatically goat talk. Exactly. Not, mu- not much more you could say. Yeah, there's really nothing else. I personally want to break my nose so I can wear a mask <laughs> like EDD. When I went to, Nathan and I went to a WNBA game this fall. Um, my team is the Dallas Wings, and I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, while we were getting wrecked pretty badly, which is fair, the Mystics are really good. You know, yeah. like we weren't going to, like, there was, my you expectations d- were low. And I was still disappointed. Um, but the whole time I was looking at that face mask and I was like, Nathan, will you punch me in the face so I can break my nose and wear a mask? And he was like, I'm not going to do that. No, I, w- I wasn't going to do that. And yeah, the wings kind of had no chance. No. They went in <laughs> with no chance. No one, ha- no one has a chance against the sticks. Ever. Or all When they're fully there. healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But the Wings especially didn't have a chance, so. Yeah, for sure. You know, at least I didn't have to worry about playoff basketball. No extra stress. No yeah. extra stress. No extra stress. Nathan's never been stressed out by a playoff game in his life. Oh, no. 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 Um, I think final note I want to make, at least for the, um, when we're talking about uh, women's sports, um, the tweet was out today when we're, when we're recording. Uh, Natalie Wiener responded to ESPN, who uh, had a tweet about, Harry Potter's Quidditch debut 28 years ago, as you know. Um, ESPN covers Quidditch. Um, and now let me just tweet about any woman playing real-life sports, please, because the last time the official ESPN had covered a woman was five days before, and it was just a retweet from ESPNW. Um, there's, there's, there's been so much controversy and talk about getting women and men's sports, at least on a similar level of coverage, um, and as we're starting to see, you know, WNBA games, WNBA games on ESPN, um, obviously the women's soccer team is the biggest soccer team in the country. The men's soccer team, we don't need to talk about them. They're um, not very good. And, but, you know, this just highlights how, and oftentimes ESPN finds a way to highlight mediocre male athletes before even touching exceptional women athletes. So Harry Potter was not that good at Quidditch. <laughs> that's hot. Let's calm down there. He let his team do a title. Every other year he got hurt, but we don't need to talk about this. Um, he had slugs coming out of his arm. I feel like no, people forget. No, he vomited slugs on his arm. That's oh, not right, what happened. Right, he right. got all the bones in his arm. A fake de- fan. A fake dementor fan. knocked him off 
of room. Of room. Yeah, that is fair. That is fair. You know, there's been there's been a lot of talk about um, equal attention and also equal pay for women's sports. Um, and it doesn't even need to be necessarily equal, but like comparable would be nice. Um, because currently a WNBA player is making anywhere between like eighty thousand and one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars a year. Um, but when you think about the fact that during their season they're traveling all the time, um, sport is pretty hard on your body if you have to play it year round. So a lot of them end up playing like Euroball overseas and getting hurt. Like Brianna Stewart, last year's finals finals MVP, um, got hurt in the spring while she was playing for Sweden, which is just ridiculous. If you're the finals MVP of the highest level of play for your sport in the country, in the world probably, you shouldn't like you shouldn't have to go ball in Europe to make ends meet. Yeah, like Emma Meesman's doing that now after yeah. winning after winning the finals MVP. And that's why they can't have the Mystics parade now. That's why they have to put it off until the spring, just because all, all the players are playing in Europe. Abroad. Like, can you imagine Kawhi winning MVP for the Raptors and then saying, shoot, I gotta turn around in like a week and go play ball abroad because I'm not making ends meet. Like that, that's just ridiculous. In Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been, there's been some talk. I think there was an ESPN article out a couple weeks ago about, um, like, the NBA and how, like, sleep deprivation is kind of like the untalked about thing that they're all dealing with because they're playing so much. Um, and I know, you know, the NBA has a really long season and everything, but they still get an off season in ways that WNBA players often don't. And that's so hard on your body um, to, like, play ball at a professional level all year is a lot. And this just in, uh, friend of the show, Ed Vorcher, Ines Di Miranda, um, just contacted us to tell us that um, the women's soccer team has been suing um, FIFA and um, is it the United States Soccer Federation? Yeah. Um, over um, equal pay, equal uh, coverage, equal just everything equal with the men's team. And uh, they've just been approved to uh, make themselves a class. Uh, it's going to be a class action lawsuit. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about using, uh, like, suing and using lawsuits to uh, kind of work on uh, closing these gaps, uh, pay gaps and coverage gaps, um, especially in the United States, where the women's team has proven to be much more profitable than the men's team. Um, and this isn't just happening in the U.S. Yeah, so actually this week, uh, the Australian Soccer Federation, um, the players, the, the women's players in particular, got a new collective bargaining agreement with the Federation, and they will now be making the same money uh, as their male counterparts, which is really good. And that is not even just their base salary. They're also now getting the same, like, tournament cuts that, like, the men's team would be getting. Um so, like, the men's team, for example, if they made it to, like, the knockout stages, uh, like, the players would get, like, 50% of, like, the prize money, but the women's team was only getting, like, 30 before this. Um, I also read that, like, the women's team will now have access to business class international travel, which seems like an expense you'd want to have if you want your team to be competitive, as if you're flying all over the world. Um, it also is even as basic as... Uh, Paid maternity leave um, was not something that was guaranteed in their contracts before. Um, I like if you're if you're a high class athlete or a high class anything, having a baby shouldn't have to yeah. put your career like on standby. 
And I kind of want to jump in there because the maternity leave thing is interesting because Daniel Hudson actually got a game off uh, to be on the paternity leave in game one of the NLCS for the Nationals. So, like, one of their most important players, the guy that they rely on to close out the game. Close out game seven. Exactly. He he was able to get paternity. He was able to be on the paternity leave list for one game. And so it's kind of mind-blowing that, like, dads can get on paternity leave and moms don't get maternity leave like there's there's a clear imbalance here and and uh and yeah i I just wanted to throw that out there because it's it seems like like maternity leave is definitely very important and needs to be provided for yeah i mean i don't really like to talk about the wings because you know again hurting um but skylar diggins smith who is pretty much the best player on the wings um was out all season this past season because she was on maternity leave because she just had a baby. Oops, sorry. Um, because she just had a baby. And um, she tweeted a couple weeks ago a claim that she played the entire 2018 season while pregnant and felt like she had no support from the organization or the management, um, which is probably because the wings are very poorly managed, but that's like a whole thing. Um, but it's just kind of crazy that the best player on a team, like at the top of her game, was still having to deal with that. Um, and I really think it is something that we don't account for all the time when we're thinking about women's sports. And even besides the legislative um, or, like, written in contracts, you know, there's a, a lot of stigma with going out on leave um, and staying out, you know, both for women and men. When Hudson missed the game, people were wondering where his priorities at. His priorities were with his family, like, you know? Like that's that's it. Be. When Skylar Diggins takes a whole season off, um, I'm sure... I feel like it's not too much of a stretch to say that there are people who wondered why she didn't come back sooner. Um, and Wings management wondered. Wings management was wondering. Uh, <laughs> they sure were. So I think part, part of the problem is definitely that it's not in these contracts, but also even when it is, there's definitely a perspective, a stigma that goes around with taking these leaves that, that is, <laughs> I don't think is very fair. You know, it's, you know, you're a, you are a basketball player for a short time in your life. That's true. But then you're going to be a parent for the rest of it. Yeah. So um, I don't know. That That's not something that can be fixed very easily. Pers- yeah. <laughs> Thoughts and perspectives aren't very easily changed. Yeah, but. for sure. There's there's definitely a perception that, like, you're letting your team down or, like, you know, you, you and your teammates go to battle together. You're fighting a war, essentially. But, like, aren't you doing that with your family, too? Like, shouldn't you be fighting for, shouldn't you be fighting for the best care for your child? And if... If you need to be the one providing that, then then you then you absolutely have every right to go on leave. So yeah, I, I definitely agree that like there's this perception of you know you you have to like pull your weight with the team, but you have to pull your weight with your family too. Like and that's I I would venture to say that's more important. Yeah, I would also say that I think that a lot of times it's very easy to think that being a pro athlete is like this dream, and I'm sure it is for a lot of these athletes, like something they dream about and work towards their whole life. It's also not just this easy lifestyle. Like, it's difficult, um, especially for, like, the women playing in those leagues where they're underpaid and undervalued. Like, it's hard work. It's a lot of work. You have to be the very best of the best. Like, if I were the best, like... If I were an engineer and I were the best engineer, like one of the best engineers in the world, and my salary was capped at like $110,000 a year, that's kind of crazy. 
Like, and I'm pretty anti, you know, accumulation of massive amounts of wealth. But there's just something to be said for, like, paying people what they're worth and enough for them to make, like, a living, comfortable wage while they're also doing a job that's extremely demanding of them. Um, And it takes a toll on you mentally and physically to not totally be, you know, to not totally have the resources you need. And I think that sort of going off of that, like paying the idea of paying people what they're worth, we know that these, a, a lot of these female athletes are some of the best athletes on the planet, right? And so it's also up to, it's also up to like male athletes and male dominated leagues to sort of support and help grow fan bases for for uh, leagues in which female athletes are competing because that, again, that helps to draw attention and maybe help get a better valuation of what these athletes are truly worth because they put in they put in the same effort the same time if not more because they're having to work off season jobs and things like that and so so it's really important for men's leagues to sort of foster uh, fan bases for uh, women's leagues as well. Yeah, like the WNBA is growing. This past season, I think they put <coughs> up their highest numbers in attendance um, and ticket sales and stuff. And this past season was my first time. Um, like really truly following a WNBA team Um, and that's because there are great players who are like super enjoyable to watch and I also think you have people like Brianna Stewart who's like an absolute star who was injured because she had to play overseas like we said earlier Um, and like people come to games to see those kind of players like people buy their jerseys people pay for tickets Um, and the league really hurts itself when they don't provide for their players in a way that, like, keeps them as fit and as able to play the best basketball possible Um, because you're losing out on revenue, like, when they're not there. Um, And I think, yes, it's great, and men's sports absolutely should support, like, their female counterparts, Um, but the league should also just invest in its own players because people want to watch really good basketball. And I would argue that the quality of the game decreases when your best athletes are, like, injured and out for whole seasons. Yeah. I mean, I don't really like basketball that much. But <laughs> I can say, like, the National Women's Hockey League is, like, a really cool league to pay attention to. Um, they only play games on Saturdays and Sundays, though, because, like, they can't, they're not, they, it's not, like, a thing that they can be practicing all the time or playing games all the time because they're really reliant on like when they can get arena time um like the boston team the pride who are undefeated at the moment um are they practice they play games at the bruins practice facility which has like (laughs) stands in it but it's not it's not the garden for sure um and there's no tv money in it because like the TV execs think there's not the market, so instead they play all of their games on Twitch on the internet, which is kind of cool because it means you can actually watch it. Um, but it means that uh, just the base for like all of the massive income of all of the sports leagues comes from the TV deals. So not being able to have even that kind of like seed fund is really really makes it hard to support your players and like make it like a truly like professional on the same level as like a men's league um like it for the nhl especially when talking about women's hockey um there's definitely a market there that's really been untapped uh as i watched the uh the, the last winter olympics when the team usa won the gold and 
that was a good game uh, going against Canada. Uh, the first time in 20 years that the United States took home the gold. And, you know, they have people who could be stars, like Hillary Knight, people like that, who just aren't getting the attention and the coverage they deserve because they're playing at the Bruins practice facility and different things like that. And, you know, they're having to kind of leave their sport early. Like, I know the San Jose Sharks has added uh, Kendall Coyne to be on their broadcasting team, which is fantastic. Um, and she's added a real good element, um, a lot of experience to the broadcast booth. But, you know, I can't help but feel like she still has some years in her. But there's no money there right now. So uh, it can be tough. So then the question becomes, how do, how do we sort of convince corporate sponsorship to, to start to invest in women's leagues? And how do we convince TV networks that there is a market? This is a question for all of you because I'm not smart enough to answer it. I think it comes back to what you were saying when we need, you know, the men, men, male, male sport, male athletes have a, have a certain amount of privilege in that they are more recognizable and people... A certain will, amount. True. Uh, will kind of throw money at them just because they think they're a male athlete and they're worth putting on screen. Um, so we need more male athletes to come out in support of these women's leagues and go to games and tweet about it and talk about it because their silence is complicit to um, the issues at hand. And, you know, I think I don't I think all I think male athletes more than males sitting at home on their couch understand that female athletes are at the top of their games. Um, but if they don't say that, if they don't prove that, then nothing's gonna change. Yeah, I would also say that Everyone who can and is reasonably able should be buying tickets and supporting women's teams, um, especially if it's for a sport you really like. Like, I realized I liked watching basketball at Georgetown when the uh, college teams are in their offseason and the NBA is in its offseason. Like, the whole reason the WNBA originally was started was for more basketball, for people who wanted to watch basketball all summer. Um, And there were times this summer that... You know, um, like the Sticks were playing in the finals and everyone was talking about, like, preseason NBA basketball. Um, And I think just showing up to games and voting with your money in this situation Mm -hmm. um, is helpful and could also do a lot. And, again, that circles back to these executives of these teams and these leagues to remember that, like, again, investing in your players, better sports – a better league, more people want to come watch, and then you have more money to invest back into your players into building a better sport and a better league. Well, thanks for calling in today, Katie. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, call back again sometime. Uh, glad you finally got on the show. Um, and, yeah, uh, that's all the time we have for today. So uh, be sure to catch us next time. And remember, we're always happy to take our first-time callers because we know they're long-time listeners.